this stuff is hard. So, you know, since it's hard, just make sure that, you know, when you come into it, like I mentioned before, that you're willing to, you know, learn and you're willing to, you know, get it done. And I look at it kind of like a filter system, right? So that filter system is based on what people are willing to learn and what they're willing to do. So for example, if you're not willing to learn how to make a good thumbnail, then you're probably not gonna make it very far. So the very first step in that filter is gonna eat you up, so to speak. This is something that I really enjoy doing. I'm gonna do this for at least the next like three to five years. How can I work the process of ideation, creating the content and publishing that content? How can I work that into my lifestyle so that I can ensure that I can get it done? Right? Because if you don't do that and you don't prioritize it, then that part in the filter is going to get you. Right? So the whole idea is basically just be willing, one, identify and just recognize that it's hard, see it through, right? See it through and just recognize that it's hard. And then, you know, cause if you look at it like it's easy, then you're going to try to make it easy and you're kind of try to shortcut. And the only thing that shortcuts do when it comes to making content is they make the process longer and they make everything more difficult. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of The Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and video in the workplace. Today, we've got a very special episode. Now, this is kind of a longer episode, so we're going to be actually breaking this into two parts. We had the great privilege, I should say, I say we as in you get to listen to it, I got to be part of it. We got the privilege to talk with Nick Nimmin. So this part is part one of that conversation. I'm super excited to be able to share that with you and you'll be able to turn in next week for the rest of that conversation. This episode is actually repurposed from a live stream we did on our YouTube channel, but it was so good, such a great conversation, I think so applicable to so many of you out there as creators and people who are creating instructional videos or training videos or any kind of videos that I wanted to bring it to you as well. So let's go ahead and dive in with our conversation with Nick Nimmin. Nick is passionate about using the power of YouTube and online video to create and connect with an audience, expand influence, and grow businesses. In addition to teaching others, he's grown his personal YouTube channel to over 800,000 subscribers. He loves to talk about live streaming, audience development, and growing social media influence using YouTube. Nick continues to be an amazing creator and one that constantly putting out great information on his YouTube channel and in other locations. Hey, Nick, how are what you? What's going on, Matt? As always, super excited to, you know, have a conversation with you. Yeah, Nick, uh, thank you so much for joining us because I, I know you're someone that I look to for many things related to the creator space, being on YouTube, um, and I'm just always super excited to be able to, to meet with you. And uh, I, I feel like, we, I think we've met in person twice now, and I feel like you're yeah. someone that I uh, just, we've connected, and I feel like we're, we're good friends, so I appreciate that. Nick, we're gonna talk about uh, time, kind of time, as a creator, that's, I think, one of the biggest barriers. If you're someone who's creating video or you're creating content, you know that like there's a constant pressure to just make, 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 make. And you are someone who makes a lot of content. And I think, I don't know if you figured it out, but it seems like you figured it out from the outside. So I'd love to, the, to start off conversation. For you, what is the biggest challenge as a creator when it comes to time? Um, I would say... These days, it's not that bad um, in terms of in terms of time because I've been able to call in help for the things that were taking up the most amount of time. Um, but prior to that, the biggest you know hang up, um, as it is with most content creators, is either the ideation of the video itself, putting the video together itself, in terms of 
you know, like, hey, this is what the script is going to say, or these are the bullet points I got to work around, you know, just planning it out. Um, And then, of course, the elephant in the room is editing. (laughs) Because when it comes to video editing, you know, you can do and, you know, like a rough pass edit. And that's okay. Um, And you can add a little bit extra to it with B-roll and things like that. And that's also okay. It'll make it a little bit better. But there's a lot of fine tuning and a lot of nuance that you need to do. And, you can usually speed through, you know, that rough cut, maybe adding B-roll and stuff like that. But when it comes to the details of the video, sometimes that can take, you know, three or four times longer than everything else that you did uh, with that video, just adding that polish on there. So for me, I would say the biggest hang up would be, you know, the editing process. And even with an editor, I still edit, you know, a lot of my content because I do enjoy editing. Um, But I make sure that I schedule time out of my day, uh, you know, for the days that I edit in order to make sure that, you know, I can get things done, uh, you know, to get them published and get them out. Yeah. So I just want to remind anyone that's watching, we are going to be taking questions. I see we've got one already, Nick, that we're going to ask in a second about scripting. Uh, but before we get to scripting, let's let's step back a little bit. You talked about ideation and we'll get to the editing because I want I think that's like you said, that's a huge place where time, a lot of time goes. But from an ideation standpoint, if I'm an if I'm a newer creator or I'm still figuring out things and I don't maybe I haven't built the network right of people that I can go to or I'm just trying to figure it out because I'm you know I got my full time job I got these other things what advice would you give us about ideating on ideas for videos for your channel to help you again I'll be honest I know I do this and I I will spin on an idea for a long time and I. That I don't think that's actually helpful because then I never make the video or I'm never sure or feel confident about that that's the right topic. So what advice you got for us? Yeah, I think the best thing you can do um, first is to understand your audience and the needs that they have, um, you know, and it's different for every type of content, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the the TechSmith crowd, you know, they're making mostly educational type content of some way or in some way. So because of that, you know, we're solving a lot of problems. So because of that, just understanding the audience and also just getting the feedback, you know, when you publish a video, you have people in the comment sections that are letting you know, maybe something that you missed or letting you know, another idea that they would like you to make or letting you know, a very specific problem that they have and using that type of information and putting it aside ahead of time is very valuable. So for example, if I go into my phone, I have a dedicated folder in my iPhone that is comments that I screenshot. And out of those comments, you know, when I'm just sitting there looking through the comments anyway, you know, I'll see somebody leaving a suggestion of either a video that they want me to make or a problem that they're having, and I'll screenshot it and I'll just put it aside. And when I'm in the process of of like, hey, it's time to sit down and plan out some videos, then the first place I go is there to see if there's, you know, very specific problems that I can solve directly for my audience. And then from there, um, it goes to the research process, which is another thing that you can do kind of in your spare time without having to actually sit down and and spend dedicated time on it. So for example, you know, if you're having coffee, or you know, if you have a lunch break when you're at work or something like that, just pop it open YouTube and looking to see videos that other people have published and saying to yourself, okay, well, that's interesting. And the and you know, this gaming video that's being recommended to me, um, you know, they're they're structuring the title in this way. And they're kind of suggesting that this is what people are going to learn in this particular video about this game. So is there a way, because I find that particular, you know, title interesting, is there a way that I would be able to reformat that and make it relevant for what it is that I do? And then same exact thing, screenshotting them and then keeping all of those things ahead of time uh, is really valuable when it comes to ideation. Uh, There's also just doing the simple and easy thing, which if you are a content creator that does any type of education content, 
then you can just hop into YouTube search, for example, and you can start typing in just different things around the type of content that you make. And then YouTube is going to show you suggestions based on things that people are looking for around your content. And the reason they show those to you is because a lot of people are looking for those things. So then you can start making videos around those very specific things that people are looking for. The same exact thing happens on Google, where you can hop on Google and you can just start typing in around the things that you're looking for. They have auto suggestions there. And then if you select one and then you put it in, then once the results show up, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, it's going to show you people also look for. And it shows you other things that are related in some way to that topic that you're talking about as well. So it can give you ideas on different ways that you can frame it or different problems around that problem that you're trying to solve that you can also make content about. So doing that sort of thing in your spare time and just kind of moving things into a folder or screenshotting them so you can find them later um, is, is really helpful for that time when you're sitting down in the moment. You're like, I'm going to plan my content out for the month or the next 90 days so that you can have that to reference. And then you're not just in that instant moment to where you're starting from scratch. You have a lot of material to work with that you can start to get ideas from. Yeah, so I think it's it's worth pointing out, Nick, you actually have done a wonderful course on one of the things you talked about in terms of like going and finding topics uh, over in the TechSmith mm-hmm. Academy. So academy.techsmith.com. Yes. It's that's one of my favorites to point people to just because they're like, well, what do I what do I talk about? And you you masterfully build out like that whole process, like especially going to Google and YouTube. And I've I've definitely have learned to do that, right? Go, go type in how do I you know, topic or whatever, then look to see what it tells me to do. So I wanted to point that out. So, so I love that though. Like, I love that you're saying like, Hey, this doesn't have to be a big process. And I love the idea of looking at other people's stuff. I would imagine look at other people's comments too. What are people saying to them? What questions do they have? What have they left unanswered? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you do that, um, you know, not only, you know, like you're saying, what have they left unanswered? So not only are you getting that idea, but you're also giving yourself a little bit of leverage against other people that have made, you know, similar videos if you're making videos that, you know, other people have made as well. So, you know, when you're going into the comment section, you can learn a lot from, you know, your own YouTube comments, from YouTube comments on other channels as well um, that can, you know, inspire you when it comes to the ideas that you have for your content. Yeah. So Nick, uh, Ian Johnston, who's watching right now, has had uh, two questions around scripting. I'm going to bring them together just so kind of from an efficiency standpoint. One, he said, uh, you know, should I be scripting my videos? He says, it takes longer to make each video, but gives viewers more compact experiences. So the idea, maybe you can condense how long it takes to what you're going to show. Maybe you would say, I would say something that would take me 10 minutes and I could script it and make it three minutes or something. But he also says, in addition... Do you trust AI with scripting? So if do you recommend scripting? And if so, can we turn that over to AI to some level? Uh, When it comes to scripting, some people can work off of bullet points. Um, An advantage of working off of bullet points is that you can communicate in your natural way instead of having the mental process of, am I saying it exactly how I wrote it in the script, right? Where you're looking at the script and you look at the camera and you say that part, or you're sitting there trying to read it off of a teleprompter. That kind of removes a little bit of how you communicate naturally. So because of that, if you can work off of bullet points, it can be advantageous. However, I do recommend that you always script out your hook. And if you have very specific calls to action that you script those out, and if you have very specific content that you're going to be sending people to at the end of your videos on YouTube, then in that particular case, make sure that you script that out as well so that you can make sure that the important stuff there is taken care of. And then also when you're putting your bullet points together, 
Um, you know, if you have a particular block of text, you know, especially with educational content, if you have to get into the nitty gritty of something and you're like, well, you know what? I can't remember those numbers off the top of my head as an example. Or I can't remember the file path off the top of my head. Then in that particular case, just having those notes within your bullet points can also be helpful to where you are looking at the script, the scripted part of, you know, your hook, and then you get into the bullet points and then you start working off of those bullet points. And then when you hit one of the notes, then you say, you know, you can read the note, look at the camera, say that particular thing. And another thing that you can do as a part of that, if you're using Camtasia or if you're using any type of B-roll, Camtasia for the screen recording, and you're using any type of B-roll, if you know that you're not going to be on camera, then another thing that you can do is I color code those particular notes. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely something on screen for this. Then I'll make them red. And then that brings them to my attention. And I know that I can just read that part without having to try to remember what it is that, you know, that is being said in that particular note. So scripting can be extremely advantageous um, for, like you were mentioning before, in terms of compacting the information. But I think that in some cases that it kind of strips away how we naturally communicate. And since it strips it strips away how we naturally communicate a little bit, then I think it can also kind of stand in the way of that authenticity, uh, you know, and connection that you can make with viewers through your content. Yeah, I was just gonna say, from my experience, I mean, we do a lot. Like, I so I do a, a podcast, which we're kind of using this as a, a platform for that. It's unscripted, right? I've got questions, I've got things I want to talk about, but it's it, we want natural flow. But a lot of our educational content that's on the Camtasia channel that this is streaming on, we do script because again, it's we we want that tightness, right? Like we want it to be like boom, 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 get through it. We don't want a lot of extra, and so we have we have a that that's kind of similar philosophy, although. Uh, something that we've been working on is our our fate, kind of face of the Camtasia channel, Andy Owen. He's always been scripted. He's he's a little bit mm. uncomfortable on camera. You know, he's working on it. Uh, these last couple of videos that he's done, he's actually gone unscripted. But we did have a very, you know, good outline of what we wanted to do. And I think we're finding that from a time perspective, that is faster if we're willing to, you know, we still have, but it, it takes a few more takes. You know, like it's not sure we're going to be doing more, probably more sorting uh, in the editing, but it's pretty easy to rule out the ones where he, he's just messed up, which we all do. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's part of the process messing up, right? That's the, that's the, that's the fun of the whole thing is like, oh man, I messed up again. Right. And then, you know, keep, you know, working on it more until you get it right. Yeah. It's part of the, uh, the fun, you know, part of the process, but, um, on the AI side too, um, I, I think that, um, AI, everything AI related should be used as a tool not to supplement your creativity. So for example, if you are, if you take a um, prompt and you put it into chat GPT, for example, and it spits out an entire script, then you have to copy that script out, paste it into notepad or something, and then sit there and kind of whittle it around and try to make it your own. Um, for that particular thing, there's a tool called tube spanner. And that tool actually breaks down each section of the, mm. of the script into sections and you can move them around. You can tell it to add more to that. Um, you can just hop in and modify it, you know, manually if you want to. So it's more of a workshop around the script. So you can keep the creative stuff in there without kind of stripping everything away and handing everything off to AI. Because I believe that, you know, if you're a, a creator and you are doing this for the sake of, you know, business or you're doing this for the sake of, you know, growing, uh, you know, like a following of some kind, 
one of the things when it comes to making videos is that creative aspect. And as soon as you hand off all of that 100% of it to some AI tool to write your script, I think you're robbing yourself of, you know, being able to communicate in your way and being able to add, you know, the, the nuance of you into your content. And that's important, especially on YouTube and just social media in general, because that nuance of you is the thing that separates you from everybody else, right? So because of that, you know, when you are just saying, hey, I'm going to use this AI tool and it's going to give me 100% of a script and I'm just going to roll with that, then you're, you're removing that most important part that caused people to connect to other people. Um, so yes, you can deliver the information that way, but I think you're removing the the nuances that cause people to be like, you know what, I, I really like that person. I want to come in and watch this channel instead of, or along with, you know, all of the other channels that make similar content like this. So because of that, I think if you're using you know, AI tools in any capacity, I think that you should use them, you know, as support, not necessarily to do the whole entire job when it comes to the creative aspects. When it comes to workflow, totally different thing. <laughs> like if you have, <laughs> if you have anything that can help you with your workflow, then in that particular case, you know, that's, that's definitely a win and you should leverage, you know, anything that can help you, uh, you know, work faster, work smarter, um, get out more content faster, you know, those types of things. Um, because, you know, we all have limited time. And the more that we can hand off workflow aspects, the more that we're able to do, you know, in total and the bigger impact that we're able to have. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, so what I found it, and Nick, maybe you found this too, AI is kind of intoxicating because it's so easy, right? Yeah. Especially on the generative side where you're just creating like scripts or you're having this conversation, whether it's ChatGPT or some other tool. And it is easy to lose that personality in the process. And it's easy to remember, or for, it's easy to forget, like, this this really does need to be human vetted. It does need to be humanized because it's still just a, I mean, it's amazing the way it works. It's amazing what it can do and it can move us along that path. But yeah, I'm I'm all with you. Like, be you, be a you times yeah. a two, you know, or about times a hundred so that you get this really great outcome um, and you can connect because I think that's one of the things we'll see and I know we were talking about this a little bit before, is that it's going to be so easy to just generate stuff, but we stop to think of, is that stuff really valuable? Does it have value? And we want to treat our end user, in my opinion, at least, we want our end viewer to find great value, not just like bulk value, like, you know, right. like a good meal versus going to get just like, I got a lot of food and it tastes terrible, but I'm going to eat it. So <laughs> that's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like ha have a good meal once in a while, at least, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, Nick, uh, I mean, we'll see what other questions uh, come in here and, and we'll make sure we're, we're going to keep answering the questions as they come in. So if you guys have got questions, you want to put them in the chat. The question came up whether we're going to just be talking about time management stuff. That's where we're taught. We're kind of focusing the conversation today, but we're happy to talk about anything video related. So if you got a question, drop it in. We're, we're watching that. Um, so, Nick, let's jump. Just jump to the this. We kind of talked about the ideation process. We've talked about scripting. Now we're getting to the creation process, right? And obviously I want to get again to editing here, but just real quick, walk us through like, what does it look like for you? You've got your idea, you've got your outliner script, and now you're going to shoot. Is there anything in that process that you've really made like streamlined to save yourself time or effort so that it's easy to, to get out videos or to get the recordings done? Well, first off, in terms of the process itself, um, the structure that I use in terms of the 
process is ideation. And then once I have the idea before I write out any bullet points for it or any script notes or anything like that, um, the next thing I'll do is I'll think of how I'm going to be able to present that from the outside. Uh, because, you know, if you're uploading content to YouTube, for example, and it's long form content, you have to have the ability to get people to click on what it is that you're doing. So I'll put together an idea for the thumbnail. Now I'm doing three thumbnails because I have, um, uh, YouTube's AB testing tool. Mm -hmm. So basically I ideate three different thumbnails that I'm going to use. Um, and then, um, the title that I'm going to use for that video. And I make sure that I'm going to be able to represent it well from the outside so that when YouTube does present it to people, that it's something that people, you know, will have interest in, or at least I'm anticipating and hoping that they'll have interest in based on what I come up with. Um, so that's the next part. And then as long as I can come up with that, then I get into, you know, what's, what's the actual content of the video going to be. Um, and then I'll start doing the bullet points and script notes. And then from there, um, then it goes to, uh, you know, if there's anything supportive that I'm going to need, then I'll typically, you know, cover those in red. So if, even if it's a bullet point, um, I'll cover those in red in the uh, script or in my notes so that I can make sure that I'm not wasting time mm -hmm. trying to remember something or trying to do a bunch of takes on something when I can just sit there and read it. Um, or I can, you know, reference that thing if I know something's going to be on screen. So I'll make those notes. And then from there, um, I turn on the cameras and, uh, and I get to it. Um, and, and when it comes to that, basically the process is just, you know, turning on the lights, turn on the cameras, double checking everything, making sure I have audio because I've made plenty of videos where I forgot to turn the mic on. <laughs> I'll so, just say uh, we had, we yeah. had this experience, somebody at the company, they record, or somebody talked about, they recorded like 10 minutes without audio and our video producer, he said, are you even a video editor if you haven't, or video creator, if you haven't recorded a video without audio? Right. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, so just, you know, checking to make sure that stuff is good. And then from there, uh, you know, recording and, you know, if you're a content creator, regardless of the type of content you make, like, you know, Matt and I were talking about earlier is when you are doing a lot of takes and things like that, and you keep messing up, I just want you to know, like I've made over 700 and something videos on my main channel. I've made content for a bunch of other channels. I had a whole other channel where I made videos for that for, you know, almost a year. So like I've made a ton of content and I've never made one video where I didn't mess up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just want you to know that that's part of the process. So all of those takes that you're doing and that hard time that you gave yourself, like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get through this video? Like that's a, that's a normal part of the process. So just kind of embrace it and don't let it frustrate you because when you get frustrated, it makes it a little bit harder to do the thing because then you're frustrated on top of trying to get through it. So, you know, just be patient with yourself, um, in, in that regard. And then once the, uh, video, you know, part is finished in some cases, I'm sitting there talking in other cases, you know, I might have to shoot B roll afterwards. Um, and then, when I shoot the B-roll afterwards, that also usually comes from notes that I put uh, in the in the bullet points or in the script notes. And, um, and then I'll shoot that B-roll. And then if I do make something, which is rare, but if I do make something where maybe I'm switching scenes or something like that, um, then I'll make that note in the script as well. And then I'll shoot, you know, in the different places that I need to. Um, and then from there, Usually I'll try to make more than one video at a time um, just because it's more efficient. And if you are strapped for time, that's also, you know, a really good tip. Because when it comes to this stuff, we don't have to only make one video at a time. And if you're making educational type content, it's even easier to, to sit there and just talk to the camera and, and crush out, you know, a handful of videos. And one of the benefits of that is you get to front load the work and then you can kind of relax a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So um, because of that, you know, it's helpful to batch if you, you know, if the type of content that you make does support that. Um, but then, you know, it's it's taking the footage from the camera and then loading it into the computer from there. And depending 
on if I'm editing it or if the video editor is going to edit, then from that point, you know, it'll take different paths based on who's going to edit it. Yeah, I'll, I'll share, you know, things you, you learn and you think you should know because you've been doing something for a long time. I talked to a creator and he does, cor- he makes courses. So he's he's got this whole course that he made and it's like 200 videos, right? So that's, a, I mean, that's a lot. And he was, was going to crank it yeah. out in like a month and a half, I think. And here was a revelation that I had when I was talking to him. He said, he's like, I don't record them in order. So, and I know this doesn't apply to every single video, but this is, a, I think this was something that dawned on me. One, he didn't record the courses one, two, three, four, five. He did them in varying order. So that way, depending on where his energy level was, cause he was doing just what you said, he was batching them together. But if he was like getting tired on video three, four, five, six, that's, you're gonna feel that. Cause you're gonna watch video four, five and six together. And so he said he would just, he would jump around and sometimes he'd pick the easy ones or, you know, if he was feeling pretty energetic and really good, he'd pick one that he knew was really important. But I, but so I love that. And the thing about video that I think is really important here is that if you're wanting to record, you don't have to record all in the, the order that you're going to edit, have it in the video. So you can, you can mix it up if it, if that works better for some reason, right? If you're doing a bunch of death shots and then you're going to do some on scene shots, like record it together, batch it. So I love that advice, Nick. Thank you. And, and on the opposite side too, you know, if you are somebody that's super strapped for time, you also don't have to record it all together. So, you know, as an example, you know, with what Matt's talking about in terms of like, you know, batching your content, that's advantageous. And if you can do it, you know, it can put you in a great place and, you know, get content in the queue. But, you know, if you're somebody that's strapped for time because you have to go to work and then, you know, when you come home from work, you know, you have, you know, a family, um, or you go out and hang out with friends, whatever you have, you know, other things that you're doing, you know, in addition to making content, then in that particular case, you know, make a little bit here, make a little bit there, make a little bit here, just make sure that you're doing it enough that you can keep up some type of consistent cadence, because if you're not consistent, then it's really easy to fall off the train and not publish, you know, not publish anything. Yeah. And I just find coming back after not doing something, I was on a vacation this summer after three weeks, I came back and like, what am I, what do I do? How do I, <laughs> how do I turn this on? How does it, why does it not look right? So I, I, I love that. So, so Nick, you've got all your stuff, uh, keeping in kind of the time you've got all your stuff. You're going to, you're getting it ready to edit. Now, what, what should we know? Because I think as you mentioned at the beginning, editing is one of the things that probably takes the most time because you can record if it's a, going to be like a six minute video. You can probably record it in 20 minutes at the, you know, depending on how much you mess up, how much you're doing. Uh, so where do you start? You got your files shot. You're ready to go. Going to sit down. What do you do? Uh, pull everything into the computer, organize it. Um, basically, you know, I have a, a, a folder structure that I copy and paste in that folder structure. Yeah. He's got it on the screen right now. Yeah. Yep. Basically, um, I have the, uh, my copy and paste, um, starts at the, uh, at the video name. That's where my copy and paste starts in that video name folder. So I have that one within each, you know, folder for whatever channel. And then I will copy and paste from my template. Um, and then from that template, it contains all the other things in that folder. And then that gives me the lead or just a, you know, starting point for that without having to build that structure out every single time. Um, and then within that, I will drop the videos, um, of course, into the video folder, which is actually not even on the screen because I forgot to put it in there. (laughs) But yeah, videos is a pretty important folder uh, that should be in there, but I didn't add it to this graphic. 
But um, but basically they go into a videos folder and then um, any B-roll that I shoot for it will go into a B-roll. Any screen recording that I do will go into a screen recording folder. And then of course, you know, a thumbnail uh, folder as well so that I can keep everything isolated within that one folder. So in the event that I want to go back to it later and make a short form video or, you know, something like that, then I have the, you know, option to, you know, go back in there and have everything together without having to dig all over the place and find it. Um, so I will transfer the files to my computer into that videos folder. And then from there, you know, I'll, I'll get to editing. Um, and then when it comes to that particular part, I will drag the files in and then I will do a, you know, first pass on, you know, the edits and the first pass, what that is, that's where you're going through and you're like, Hey, this clip is going to work. This clip isn't, um, you know, this is where I said it right. This is where I didn't say it right. So I need to remove those parts. And I go through and I just start, you know, cutting it up that way. And speaking of cutting it up, it's also important to know when it comes to editing, there's a big difference between just cutting a video and actually editing a video. Like when you're cutting a video, you know, anybody can go through and just kind of, you know, cut stuff out. You know, my mom, you know, she's like 70 something. She can go through and she can, you know, she can cut a video. But when it comes to editing, you're being a lot more intentional about what people are seeing and hearing and when they're seeing and hearing it and the pace of the video that you're, you know, like how fast, you know, everything is going and you're slowing things down at a certain time for, you know, a certain, you know, for, you know, intentionally for a reason to kind of, you know, break the monotony of the speed of the video and those types of things. So when it comes to editing, there's a lot that, you know, that goes into it. And of course, you know, B-roll and screen recordings and, you know, all of those types of things, you know, help support that. Um, but when it comes to editing, it's basically going through that first pass, cutting everything up there, then adding any B-roll that goes to it, going through it again, tightening up everything. Um, and then from there, adding any graphics to it, any screen recordings, anything like that. Um, and then going through, tightening it up again, adding any music to it. Sometimes the music will come in first um, on my end, because mm-hmm. if I'm doing a, a specific segment, I'm going to pace uh, you know, the cuts around the actual music itself. Then in that case, you know, I'll need the music first, so I'll pull that in. Um, and then I'll kind of build parts of it, you know, around a particular track or something like that. If I'm editing, um, my editor doesn't do that as much, but me, when I edit videos, I do. And, uh, those types of, you know, things, um, you know, you just kind of keep doing those as you're getting through the edit until you get to the point where you're like, yeah, you know what, this is, uh, you know, I think this is, I think this is ready, um, to publish or to, to, to export. And then another part of that too, is before I export, the next thing that I do is I will actually go through and I'll color correct, you know, the clips, um, in terms of, you know, me, you know, being on camera, I'll color correct those. If I'm using stock footage, then I'll also color correct that stock footage mm. as well. Like I'll go in, I'll color correct it. Maybe I'll add a vignette or add something to it that makes it look just a little bit different. Maybe I'll flip it horizontally. So if people see that same stock clip in somebody else's video or something like that, it just makes it look a little bit different, you know, when it's on mine, um, uh, you know, those types of things to, to, to separate, you know, everything out. And then once the color, um, is corrected, then after that, then I'll go through the, through the audio process and I, I EQ my voice. Um, I remove the noise from my voice. Actually, the process is I remove the noise, the, the noise, I normalize it. I add dynamics processing. I normalize it again. Um, uh, then I add EQ to it. Then I add a DSer to it. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's it. And then I will uh, export it from from there and then bring it back in and then mute the original audio mm-hmm. for my vocal audio and then lay that that process track back in there. So, I mean, you don't really do much to to edit. <laughs> no, not, not too much. Like there's not too much involved. <laughs> no, but, but I love that insight, right? Because I think, um, you know, one of the things that 
I've seen as a video creator is that it is it is really easy to, I mean, there's there's a lot that you, you can choose to do. And I think it depends on what you're going for, right? And all the things that you mentioned are all really good things. And someone who's just starting off, you don't have to do all that. But right. if you if you want to be Nick Nimmin, right? That's what it takes. You gotta you gotta learn to do these things. So what, what on an average video, Nick? And I know you got varying links, but what's an average kind of edit time that you spend per video? Pick, tell us the kind of the average length of a video, and then how much time do you take? That does it take you to do all these things now? And then we'll also ask like in the beginning, how long do how long was this taking? So uh, now it still takes me a long time. So uh, if I bring in, let's say it's a, you know, my videos are usually like five to 15 minutes, um, you know, on average. So if I am bringing in, let's say a 10 minute video, then in that particular case, um, it'll probably take me, unless it's just a super bare bones video, like, hey, this is a news update and people just need mm -hmm. to hear this, you know, that type of thing. Those will go together really quick. But if it's something to where, you know, I need it to perform on the platform for a long time to come, uh, then in that particular case, uh, I would say a minimum, probably four hours. Um, and I would say, usually I'm somewhere between, you know, four, five and six, you know, give or take. Um, and Another thing is some videos take substantially longer. So for example, I did a AI video where I was sharing all these AI tools. And with that particular one, I wanted to show examples and show exactly what could be done, you know, with the content. So because of that, when it came to making the, the video itself, I, I had to record myself, you know, uh, talking, and then I had to cut out each individual clip and then upload those into AI video converters and then have those converters change me into these different like AI characters and all this stuff. Um, and then I had to put that together. And then I segmented from that into to demonstrate, you know, how the tools can work together. I train I, I segmented from that into this story. It was this like animation to where I was showing how to use uh, uh, like mid journey with uh, let's hear mid journey with runway and Kyber. Um, and a service called Play HT and another one called Eleven Labs for voice. And uh, basically that whole thing, I had to build out that entire story and that sequence and then go to those AI, you know, different AI places and type out the, the parts that I wanted for the voice and then bring those in and edit those around. Mm -hmm. um, that particular video took me probably two weeks um, to put everything together. I mean, it wasn't two weeks of constant working on it, but you know, two hours here, three hours here, another two hours here. Hey, I got an extra hour. Let me work on that video. But it took me a really long time to get that one out just because it was because it was so intense. Same thing. I did a similar one with a background. Uh, basically, it's showing how to use or how to change your backgrounds using AI. And on that particular video, that was another one that took me a while because there was a lot of experimentation involved. And, you know, I was like, man, how can I make this look cooler when when people see this on the autoplay? Because, you know, when you're scrolling on YouTube on the homepage, they'll show you like a preview of the video. So they start mm -hmm. at the beginning. So I'm like, OK, if I really want to like blow people's socks off, so to speak, when they see this, like, what can I do here, uh, you know, with, with this to make it, you know, look even more crazy, you know, when when that autoplay starts. So because of that, I had, you know, I spent a lot of time on that beginning part of that video. Uh, but then once I got into the screen recording part, it went fast. But that beginning part probably took me, I don't know, just on the very beginning, probably five or six hours, if not longer on that particular part. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I just, I know I'm seeing some of the comments that are coming in and I, I this could be overwhelming. If you're new to this, like everything you just said, Nick, feels like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna be able to do this. 
But uh, my guess is that where you started, one, if you're just starting, you don't need to do absolutely everything. Like it's about getting right. content out there, getting getting your voice to be heard, getting found. And then you can- Even if you're experienced, you don't have to. Like yeah. even if you're experienced, you don't have to do all that. It's not required. It's just for me because, you know, yes, I educate people, but I'm also creative. So because of that, you know, when I'm editing, in some cases, I use that as a way to, you know, express that, you know, creative side as well. So because of that, you know, it takes longer. But, you know, I could have done similar things with those videos and it would have that could have taken me a lot less. But for me, I was just into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so because of that, you know, it ended up taking way longer uh, than, it, than, it, than it should have. I think this goes back to something you said at the beginning too, about like understanding your audience, understanding them and what they want and what they're looking for. Right. Because someone might like, and I love your content, Nick, and I, it's someone I, you know, I know I trust you. I, I know the quality is going to be really good. And I feel like, okay, that's reflective of what you're trying to do in terms of an educator, uh, teaching people about, you know, creating video using YouTube, things like that. Whereas, you know, there's lots of other things where if you're particularly, if you're starting out and Nick, I, Sometime we're going to, we're going to have be on a show and I'm going to pull up your, find a very early video of you. And I think that's the other thing about the journey, right? Like people start, it doesn't look like it's going to be, how long have you been doing YouTube? I know it's been quite a while. So nine years. So October, um, yeah, October was my nine year anniversary. So, um, so this right here is going, you know, like I'm in, I'm, I'm approaching my, my decade on YouTube. So, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. That's why I've made, you know, that's why I've been able to make so many videos and, you know, all of that as well, because it's been a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if I had only been on YouTube for a year, I would not have that many videos. Right. Um, some people are that aggressive, but for me, um, you know, it, it's taken me nine years to make all the content that I have. Uh, but you know, it's been a, it's been a heck of a journey and I've learned, you know, a ton along the way when it comes to editing videos and making content that people like and being able to consistently deliver stuff that, you know, people enjoy. Yeah. So, so, I, so I love it. I love hearing the, the nitty gritty, right? All the stuff that goes into making these videos. And then, you know, I think as a creator myself, I, I often make decisions about what I'm not going to do. And I think that's really important. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to spend time on this or that. I also find ways I, and I'm sure you're the same way. I look for ways that I can just not necessarily automate, but like, what can I not have to think about again? So for instance, uh, if you are, if you, people are using Camtasia, I set up templates, like I've got for the, the, our podcast, I've got a template. It's got the music in it. So I, when I open that template, the music that I use is there. Got the opening kind of little transition piece. I can, I've got placeholders so I can just drop those things in. So I don't have to think about, gosh, where did I put my music or where's that lower third or whatever. And so I think just finding whatever workflow works for people. And then, you know, uh, not having to think about some of those things over and over again. I mean, every once in a while, change it, mix it up, right? Find some new music, find some new stuff. But uh, that's, sure. that's the kind of things I think about. Hey, everybody, before we end today, just want to say I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Nick. So many incredible takeaways. I hope that you'll agree with that. And I hope you found something so far that is just going to resonate with you, going to help you move forward and know that there's more coming. Yes, more next week. And I can't wait to bring it to you. So tune in next week for more Nick Nimmin. And I hope, as always, that you take a little time to level up.